So turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3. In fact, it's the very end of Peter's letter, 2 Peter chapter 3. We're actually going to look at verses 17 and 18. And as you can tell, uh, we're getting close to the end. We've been looking at selected events from Peter's life and what he said. and how, We're just calling it the sayings of Peter, putting it together, all the kind of things like that. We've seen a lot of things. In this last section, last thing, we're going to see <coughs> the warning... And it's a warning concerning false teachers and an encouragement to keep growing. So he ends basically his letter, which was about the last thing that we have from him, and that is a warning and encouragement, and we'll see how that ties together. When you think of last words, I mean, usually last words are important. Usually, if you're about to pass away, or if you know you're dying, so you want to say certain things, you want things to be passed on, you want to do that. You think of, of Jacob. What did Jacob do? Jacob brought in the 12 sons and talked to each one of them and gave him his blessing. And Moses, as Moses was dying, he stood beside the Jordan River and basically gave the book of Deuteronomy and, and told the people and Joshua, he told Joshua what to do. When David was dying, he called in King Solomon or Solomon and said, you're going to be the next king. Here's what I want you to do. I remember his words. He said, act like a man. That's what he told him to do. And then and you get uh, Jesus, his last words on the Mount of Olives. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the earth. And, and then he has went into heaven. And then Paul's last words were written to Timothy in 2 Timothy. Talked about study, you know, study the word and be ready and be a leader. And this morning, we actually see Peter's last words. And we're going to see his last words. And there's a warning and an exhortation. I think it's really important that as we looked at the life of Peter, we're seeing this warning and this aspect. And so we've seen his background and his growth and his, his, you know, the time that he messed up and the time that he's done good. And we've seen him as he stood on the day of Pentecost and proclaimed the message of Christ. As we look at Second Peter as the book, there's, there's things in there. There's encouragement to believers to grow. There's a, a warning about false teachers. And then there's the whole idea of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he exhorts them to stand strong. Of course, in the book of Revelation, if you're in service this morning already, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, that part ends with Jesus coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's the second coming of Christ. He mentions that at the very beginning. Peter is talking about the coming of Christ as well and the second coming and to stand strong and those kind of things. We said that in Second Peter 3, 17 and 18, there is a warning about false teachers and encouragement to grow as believers. That's what we're going to see. We'll see how it fits together. So look at this. Look at 17. Look at verse 17. Look at this. This is the warning. Guard yourself. There's false teachers. Don't fall away. And so we'll raise some questions. What, okay, who, is, who are false teachers? And what does it mean, guard yourself? And, and what, what does it mean, fall away? Because I, I have people come to me and say, you can lose your salvation. Peter says, you fall from your steadfastness. And then you can read over in Galatians where Paul says, you've fallen from grace. And people say, see, you can lose your salvation. No, you cannot. We'll talk more about it. What does it mean to fall away? And we'll talk about it. Then look at verse 18. And in verse 18, he grow, He talks about grow. And he says, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? And to him gets all the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And so this is what we're going to see in these last few lessons of the light, basically studying Peter. We're going to see a warning 
and an encouragement. And I think that's great because the warning is important. It's to every one of us in this room, but the encouragement is also very important. So let's start with the warning. This is what we're going to see this morning. And look what he says in verse 17. He says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you're not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. Now, this is a negative. It's a warning. And he says, here's the warning. Beloved, be careful. Guard yourself. Be careful that you don't get carried away by people who teach things that are wrong, and they do it on purpose, and you fall from your steadfastness. So what is he talking about? Well, he starts by beloved. Literally, beloved means loved ones. Peter is writing to believers. He's writing to these believers. He's if you go back to the beginning of the book, he talks about who he's writing to, and he's writing to people who have the same kind of faith as him. He's saying the people who are righteous, people who are believers. And he says, here, beloved, I want you to, to, to know something. And, and that's the key, isn't it? Beloved, what's the key for the Christian life? The key in the Christian life is love, loving God and loving others. They came to Jesus and said, what's the great commandment? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. That's the great commandment. And the second one is exactly the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. So loving God and loving others. And we already know that in the New Testament, we're under what they call the law of love or the law of expediency, which means you love others as you want them that to, to, to love us. It's just as Jesus Christ has loved us, we love other people. And so how does he start this off? You, therefore, beloved, loved ones. And then he says something. He says, knowing this beforehand. He's basically saying, you already know this. You've already heard this before. You already know what I'm about to tell you. And sometimes when you study the Bible, if you notice that sometimes in Paul's letters, like this letter, he'll say something. This letter, he'll say the same thing as he said over here. And we'll see something else over here. Or we'll study a passage and we'll say, this says this. And then we'll study another passage and we'll say, this says this. And it's the same. And I've had some people say, well, sometimes they say the same thing over and over. And he does, on purpose. Sometimes we teach the same thing over and over. When we talk about the gospel, we say, what's the message? He died and rose again. What's the response to believe? What's the offer? Eternal life. You may say, JB, you say that a lot. Yeah, I'm going to say it a whole bunch because I want you to be able to say it without me even saying it, that you could say the message is he died and rose again and the response is to believe and the offer is eternal life. We say that over and over. Peter says, knowing this beforehand, you already know what I'm about to tell you. I've already said this to you many times. That's what he's saying to them. You ought to know this. The truth is this. We never get to the place where we don't need to be reminded of the truth because it's easy to take it for granted. It's easy to forget it. It's easy to let things slip in. Remember we've said over and over again, if you're not consciously being conformed, if you're not consciously being transformed by the scripture, you will unconsciously be conformed to the world and you don't even know what's happening. So you've got to consciously be doing this. And so he says this. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, and here's this charge, be on your guard so that you're not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall. He says, be on your guard. Be on your guard. Literally, guard yourself. Protect yourself. And it literally in the Greek says, keep on guarding yourself. The truth is, if we're going to go through the Christian life and we're going to go through it and have victory, we can't just kind of let up. We've got to keep guarding ourselves. We live in a fallen world. It's always pushing us. It's always telling us things. It's always putting things in that that the culture and the world tells us that's actually contrary to the Scripture. And sometimes you hear it so much, you forget that it's contrary to the Scripture. 
We have the world, the flesh, the devil. The world is the fallen system. The devil controls that world and system, that fallen system. He's the spirit in opposition to God. And the flesh is a natural bent to sin. So the devil controls the world. The world affects us and affects our flesh. And it's out there all the time. That is the enemy. And he says, guard yourself. And it's really, really easy to get carried away. It's still easy to think like the world. And you say, oh, everybody does that. I mean, it's no big deal any, anymore. See, it's no big deal anymore because it used to be a big deal at the time of I Love Lucy. It was a big deal. But now, uh, you know, nowadays it's not a big deal anymore because the culture's changed. And everybody just kind of blends in. And if we're not careful, we'll blend in with it. He said, listen, guard yourself. Look at this. A fee, uh, this is Proverbs 4.23. Watch over your heart. That literally says guard your heart. The heart's the inner part of you with all diligence. Why? For from it, from your inside, flows the spring of life. What goes into your life does what? Comes out in your life. What you put in comes out. It's always that way. And that's why he says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you put it in... Flesh, you get out corruption. If you put in something, you put in the spirit, you get out that. The, 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 the life, and eternal life. And so the bottom line is, whatever you're putting in, you're getting out. And you have to guard yourself. Now, most Christians don't think about guarding themselves because they don't think that there's any problems. And yet, you're in a world that is subconsciously changing you. Subconsciously telling you, this is really what's right. Well, you, this used to be right, but we don't do that anymore. Everybody now does this. It's okay, this. It's okay. Wow. Take heed, lest we think we stand what? That we fall. So he says, listen, beloved, beloved ones, ones I love. You know this beforehand. You've, I've already told you this. You've got to be on your guard. And then he tells us what to be on the guard about. He says, be on your guard that you're not carried away by the error of unprincipled men. Now, I'm going and say, and then he goes on and says, what happens when you're carried away by the error of unprincipled men? You will fall from your own steadfastness. We'll come back to that later in just a little bit. But he says, be careful because you've got to guard yourself or you'll be carried away. The carried away literally means pulled away. And pulled away from what? Well, the context is the truth of the Bible. The idea is to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, to grow in the truths of the Bible, to, to as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word. That's what he says in Peter. He writes those things. He says we need to be growing. He says, but you've got to be careful because you've got to guard yourself because if you don't, you'll get carried away by the error of unprincipled men. Unprincipled men mean people who know what they're doing is wrong. And we'll talk more about it in just a second, that, that you'll get... Uh, carried away, and you'll start believing things that are wrong. You'll say something like, well, that's okay. It's okay. There's, that's another way to, to look at it. There may be more to it than just faith. Uh, the Bible, there may be, I mean, when you really look at it, there may be errors back here. Before you know what you're thinking that way. You're going, what? No, no, no. Be on your guard. Let you be carried away by the error of unprincipled people. Unprincipled people. People, what does carried away mean? It's the Greek word means to wander. It means that here you are, we're growing, we're going just like God wants us to go, and then all of a sudden we go, what, what about that over there? That's not bad. That's not bad. Well, you know, what about this one? 
And before you know it, we're not going this way anymore. In fact, we're kind of going in circles. In fact, sometimes we're going back the wrong way. Sometimes we bought into stuff that's wrong. Okay? So he says, guard yourself so that you're not carried away, that you wander away, that you move away. And the truth is, a lot of Christians move away from the truth, and they don't even know they moved away. First of all, they don't know the truth enough to, to know it, and then they, they don't even know they moved away. They've fallen from the truth. Notice it says that the error of unprincipled men, the error is missing the truth, moving away, moved from the truth. Unprincipled men. And he says, and, and you fall from your own steadfastness. Because to follow the error of unprincipled men is to fall from your own steadfastness. Because you start, you were, you were saying, I believe the Bible, I believe Jesus, I believe eternal life, I believe about salvation, I believe about the Christian life, I believe about the Holy Spirit, I understand how the Bible is. But now I'm, now I'm questioning some of this. Because this may or may not, well, I don't know. Who knows, what, who knows what's really right? Before you know it, you've already what? You've moved away. Notice the error of unprincipled men. Men who have no principles. Men who take advantage or teach for their own advantage. And you may say, what? There are people that you can turn the radio on. You can turn the TV on. You can get a podcast and there are people out there who teach things wrong, and they know they're wrong, but it's their ideas, it's their way they want to look at Scripture. They're unprincipled people. We call them false teachers, unprincipled men. Literally, the word unprincipled there has the idea of lawless men, lawless. They don't go back under the Scripture. They don't hold to that, and they teach things that are not true. I remember several years ago, it's been a good while now, there was a pastor in Tulsa, that taught, since Jesus paid for every sin, everyone was saved. Everyone's automatically saved. And he taught that. And he had this church of about 3,000 people. And when he started teaching that, it went to about 400, which was good that the people left when they realized he wasn't teaching the right thing. But he kept saying, no, no, no. If Jesus paid for every sin, everybody has to be saved. He doesn't understand that the payment for sin doesn't equal salvation. What equals salvation? You must believe. It's faith. So he missed it, and he was teaching. And, he, and, and you, if you ask him, does he believe about that it's faith alone and Christ alone? He would say, no, it doesn't mean that. So unprincipled men is lawless men. And look at this. I want to say this. A false teacher is one who knows what they teach is not from the Word of God. I, have to, I just have to say I know it's going to be on a, micro, on, a, on a message somewhere. But Benny Hinn, who knows who Benny Hinn is? Listen, several years ago, Christianity Today did an interview with Billy Hinn, Benny Hinn. And he taught things like that when, as a believer, you'll be able to fly and swim underwater without breathing and all these other things. And I mean, he was telling all this wild stuff. And, and Christianity Today did an interview with him and said, do you teach things that aren't in the Bible? And he said, yes. And they said, so you realize you're teaching things that aren't in the Bible? He went, yes. And then he said, I'm going to try to do better. Listen. That's a false teacher. That's a false teacher. And so you got to realize that there are people out there that if that's why you have to sort of be careful when you start listening to things and to make sure that what you're listening to is lining up with Scripture because that's the key. He says, beloved, I, I, you already know this, but you got to guard yourself so that you not get wandering away, get caught up, 
with the error, the false teaching of unprincipled people who already know what they're teaching is not right, but it's for their advantage. I, I just saw a thing the other day. They sent me a, a little, somebody sent me a little video, and it had six or seven pastors, famous guys that are, that are around, and they're all teaching on giving, and they're all saying that you have to give to God and give to them, and then God will give to you, and that you should be rich, and if you're not rich... You're just not trusting God, and if you really trust God, you would send money to them, and then God would give you money. And they asked one of them, interviewed him, and said, do you feel funny about asking people to tell, to send you the money so they'll get blessed? And he said, no, that's the way it works. They send me money, they get blessed. Because I always want to say, well, then send me money, and we'll bless you, right? <laughs> well, no, you just send us your money, and we'll bless you. But see, that's false teaching, and they know it. So he says, guard yourself. So, beloved, you know this already. Do you know to guard yourself? You do, right? You know to be careful. You know to watch what's out there because there are people who are unprincipled who on purpose teach things that are wrong. And then he says this. So guard yourself. Be careful that you're not carried away by error. And then you fall from your own steadfastness. Literally, the word means to drop away, to fall. It has the idea of not keeping on going, not keeping on growing. He's, he's going to tell in the next verse, but grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's going to be the contrast. He's saying right now, if you get carried away by the error of people who teach things that are wrong, you'll fall away. You'll quit growing. You won't grow as a believer. You'll drop away because we're supposed to keep running the race. Isn't that right? Hebrews 12, run the race looking unto Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your labor in the Lord's not in vain. Are you supposed to be steadfast, unmoving? What happens if you get mixed up with this mess? You're going the wrong way. And you fall from your own steadfastness. You fall from your stability, from your own steadfastness. Notice, Peter didn't say you fall from your what? Salvation. He never says anything about it. And there are people who will take this verse and they'll say, you can lose your salvation. Here's what it says. Fall from your steadfastness. Steadfastness is growing as a believer. Steadfastness is making an impact. Steadfastness is living according to the scripture. And when you fall from that, that doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It means you're no longer growing and touching lives for Jesus Christ. And so, his warning to every one of us. And see, nowadays, you can listen to anybody all over the world, anytime you want to. I got an email this morning from a guy in the Philippines, and he says, uh, we, we, uh, we watch you all the time. I don't even know who the person is. I also have a guy that's from the Philippines who says, we're coming to the United States, and we're coming to your church. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so I better wear my good suit that day, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, so... You can hear anybody all over the world, but you got to be careful because not everybody teaches the Bible from a historical, literal, grammatical interpretation that holds to the grace message of salvation, that looks at the Bible like we do, and, and you got to be really careful because some people don't. And if you get caught up into that, you could fall from your own what? Steadfastness. So let's talk about something that is the time we have left. The, about the whole idea of security and assurance. Because it is a big deal. I'm going to be speaking at GES in, a, oh, in about a month. And uh, one of my messages is on the idea of what happened. Uh, uh, is the idea of knowing that you're saved. 
And for us, we know what's life because the Bible says, I write these things you believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. But a lot of people don't. There's a lot of people who actually have believed in Christ and they've trusted him to give them salvation, eternal life. And then somebody's kind of got them confused and they're not sure they're saved. Or they think, well, I did believe in Jesus, but if I don't keep living right, maybe I didn't believe in Jesus. Or I got to keep living right because if I don't keep living right, I'll probably lose my salvation. And so I talk to people a lot who do not have assurance of salvation. So we want to talk about, just briefly this morning and, and more, a lot more detail next week, on the idea of assurance and security. They go together. They're not the same thing. Okay. There are people who have the security of their salvation. That means anyone who's ever believed in Jesus Christ has eternal life and they're saved forever. They are secure in Christ. Assurance, some people have, some people don't. Assurance says, I know I'm going. If you said to me, are you going to heaven? I'd say, I have no doubt I'm going to heaven because I have believed in Jesus Christ. He is the one that saved me. He's the one that keeps me. So my assurance of salvation goes back to my security in Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. There are a lot of people that if you said, if you were to die, you go to heaven, they say, I hope so. What do you mean you hope so? What did you believe? Well, I believed that Jesus would save me. So you believe in him for eternal life? Yes. So you have eternal life? I hope so. They don't understand. They don't understand. And there are people who have actually taught them that if you actually think you're saved, uh, you're arrogant and you won't serve God because you'll just live badly. If you understand you're saved, you will serve him out of love and not fear, and you'll serve him to the maximum because of what he's doing. That's what we see. So let's talk about it for a second. Security means being held and safe and protected, that kind of thing. Assurance is our understanding of our security. I trusted Christ when I was 19. I lived in an athletic dorm at Delta State. And about two weeks after I trusted Christ, I was walking down the hall and a guy came up to me. And something came up, and I talked about going to heaven. Somehow something about coming to heaven. I said, boy, I know I'm going to heaven. And he said, you can't know that. I said, yeah, oh, yeah, I know. He said, so you're pretty arrogant to think you're good enough to get to heaven. I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm going to heaven because of Jesus, not because of me. Jesus has given me eternal life. It's not based on anything I've ever done or will do. It's based on him and his promise to me. So I remember very early I said that because I understood my assurance of salvation was not based on me. It was based on Jesus and the security that I have in him. So when we think about it, and we're going to talk about this more next time, and, and the idea that the basis for our security and assurance is the character of God. What did he promise you? What did he promise? Eternal life. Does he ever go back on the promise? If he did, he's not God. Because that's his character, is he cannot lie. The second one is salvation is a gift. It's not based on what you do. If it's based on what you do, then either you might not do it, or you might not keep doing it, and then what? Then you lose it. It's not based on it. And eternal life is forever. I've had people say, well, you can, you can lose eternal life. I said, really? How is that possible? Well, it, it, when it stops, I said, well, if it, then it wasn't eternal life. Then you believed that you'd be saved for a while, not for eternity. The promise is eternal life. So we'll see all that. So let, let's realize that final words are important. They are. And think about what you would tell somebody else if it was toward the end. Second is, let's guard our hearts. Guard our hearts. Watch out for false teachers. I mean, let me tell you, we got some people in our church that they can teach the Bible. And when they get up and teach, they're going to teach it, and they teach it clearly, and it's, it's amazing. 
You know, so you can trust the people that do SBI classes and teach things and do men's stuff and all. You you should be excited because there's some great people, but you got to watch out for false teachers, especially in our world where you can pick up anybody you want to, and then understand the truths concerning security and assurance. I hope every one of you in this room know that you have eternal life simply by faith, by trusting in Jesus Christ. You're saved, and you're saved forever, and nothing can ever change that. And so you're saved forever. Now you could fall from your own steadfastness. You could fall away from the truth. You could quit growing as a Christian because you get confused and you listen to the error of unprincipled people. Peter says, Beloved, I already told you this. Guard yourself so you don't get mixed up in that and stop growing as a Christian.